0: Hello, everybody. This is Dr. Laura Freyan, And on this week's episode of the Balanced Parent Podcast, we are diving into play. As you know, we're in the midst of our 30 days of play challenge. And so all of the episodes during this time are focused on play. And today we're going to be talking about why it's so hard for young kids to play on their own, why they always kind of want to be around us, be playing with us, kind of why that's going on for kids developmentally, and then how we can support them. To help me with this conversation, I I'm so excited for my guest to join us, but before we get there, I just want you to know that as I'm recording this, I've got a sick kiddo at home, and I've decided recently that I'm kind of done editing my life out of these podcasts, so if the doorbell rings or my kid comes in or there is a dog barking in the background of my guest sound, I'm not going to cut that out. We're real people, Um, we're real parents, most of us, with real lives, and I think it's okay for us to just be real here in this space. So I hope that that's okay with you. Without any more ado, please welcome Blanca of Whole Child Home to the podcast. She's the creator behind one of my favorite Instagram accounts. We have this lovely little friendship online and we're getting to meet for the first time. So Blanca, welcome to the show. Thank you for being here.
1: Uh, Laura, thank you so much for having me. I'm thrilled. Like you said, it's like we we touch face for a long time. Finally, you get to kind of Connect through this, which is a true honor. I'm a long time listener and also a long time learner from your space. And now with this new format for your (laughs) podcast, I feel so honored because it feels like you're bringing me to your home. And like if your kid comes and interrupts, I'm gonna get to you know. So so I'm just so honored to be here. Thank you and Um, thank you for everybody who's joining and listening. It's for you to share your community with me. It's a big honor. Thank you.
0: Oh, Blanca, that really feels good to hear, and I feel the same. I love I love all of the content you put out. It's so helpful, and I'm really excited to talk about play. But first, why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are and what
1: you do? So my name is Blanca Velasquez Martin. I'm a licensed professional counselor. I have a master's in clinical psychology, and I I am the founder of Whole Child Home. Whole Child Home is a, an online platform that kind of came up and I created during pandemic where I like to share evidence-based strategies for parents to learn how to support emotional development at home, emotion regulation, socio-emotional development, because I believe that we could do that. Parents deserve to be feel empowered to support their children at home beyond just thinking of therapy, right? Therapist by training. So, and I'm a parent too of a now four-year-old. Um, back in pandemic, I had a one and a half year old. So, you know, now that period of time was a huge, awakening period for me to kind of bring together my expertise, my experience, my training, my love for research. I have almost a decade of experience as a researcher as well in the clinical field. So I'm really lucky and privileged to have now this platform to bring it all together to support parents at home. Um, I do workshops, I do parenting consults online, virtual. So it's really an honor to have that opportunity to connect with parents now this way.
0: Yeah, aren't parents wonderful? Like I just, just,
1: just, (laughs) you guys are. are. Yeah, if you're listening, you're wonderful, and I love. We love working with you.
0: We do. We we love you, and we see how hard you're working. And we see how much you want good for your kids and for yourselves. I just, oh man, I just, I love. We're right in the trenches
1: with you. Yeah, and we're
0: right in the We so are. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about play, Blanca. Um, why <sighs> do you think young toddlers don't like to play alone? Why are they kind of? Why do they get to,
1: kind of wanting to always be close to us? What's going on for them? Ah, don't they always? And it's yeah, always perfectly timed. Yeah. You know, I, I, again, I'm coming from this as a parent, I think it's. We are their source of safety. If your child is coming to you, is because they're coming to you with a need. And the tricky part, I think, is figuring out what those needs are so that we can meet them with the right tools and help them develop the right skills so that that need gets filled eventually from within and through the environment that you offer and that they can gradually get to a place where they play by themselves but initially why they come to use because they have a need either for safety for confirming that attachment if they're having trouble if it's a season of, of trickiness or transition in their in their lives or it's just a bad day and they just want closeness it happens to us as well or it's just right? a
0: good day because we want closeness on good or it's days. a good day we
1: want to share it or like yeah. you know i'm thinking of of young toddlers but even older kids. like right now it's like come see this come, come. i want to show you you something so there's like so much joy that they want to share with us so they it's the tricky days and also the joyful days and you know play is a source of experimentation for them and of growth where they get to play out and test out a lot of what they're learning and a lot that comes with that is a wide range of emotions right there's a lot of joy we talked about the pride that they feel sometimes do what I do what they do but there's also a lot of frustration sometimes and trickiness about their play and You know, you are a safe place to bring all those emotions to you are their source of regulation, we want them to be regulated, and we want them to be independent. But we have to remember that you are the hub. Independence comes from dependence, dependence of you. Uh, continuing confirming that you are that source of attachment and safety and that that regulation for developing independence in their place comes from you you are their source of regulation and that process of developing skills to do all these things independently is a gradual process of which you are a crucial component and partner
0: let me just pull out something that i feel like you're saying and i want to confirm so yeah sorry that was a lot no no no, it's good It's, it's so good so the the piece of understanding that if our kids are, if we see play as children's primary mode for learning and processing, mm-hmm. and we all know that learning new things can be a vulnerable and tricky process, it's, yeah. It makes so much sense that if we are their source of safety, of felt comfort and love and regulation, right? Because co regulation mm-hmm. is so important, it makes sense that while they're doing this vulnerable work of play, That they would want us nearby to help with that, to be Mm -hmm. this kind of safe presence, the safe, loving, warm, regulating presence. Is Mm -hmm. that what you were saying?
1: Yeah. Thank you for, you know, capsuling it so beautifully because it is that. And we live in a shared environment. Like we are all part of it. I think it's really, if you think about, you know, your life, if you have roommates in college, like there was really rarely independent time. There's always that need to share and to collab and to like yell out to each other, what you're doing or to share something that happened or someone to call you somebody texted you and you want to share. So, you know, there's, there's that community piece that I think we often as parents forget about. And we want so much independence for ourselves as well, because let's be honest, we have stuff to do. We have dinner to make, we have more kids, we have a lot of stressors and we also want our independence. So it's tricky to live in a community place at home and with all of these people expressing their needs to us when we also have needs and if they're not met if we're not meeting our needs as well then we want that independence and we want them to be independent so that we can have independence so it's that's also tricky. Oh, I really love that framing that community
0: piece of uh, of it. I, you know, even like when I had roommates in college and you know before I lived with my husband, I don't know that I ever lived alone which probably was is an interesting thing. And there was still that tension for me of like, I really wanna be around my roommates and have that community mm-hmm. and that fun and those shared experiences and I also, even at then, craved alone time. And I think yeah. for, for me, the, the I never really knew how much alone time I needed until I became a parent. Because for me, mm. even when they're not in the house, they're still with me in my heart and in my mind. I'm still thinking yeah. about them. And it feels as if I'm never alone. Yes. <laughs> you know, and so it's really interesting to think about that, though, that our kids have that same need for community, for relationships. Absolutely. You know, that, that wanting to kind of share space, share mental space, and delight in in each other's presence and we also I think I think all humans have some need for solitude um kids too even the kids that really uh, seem like very clingy and Mm -hmm. you know really like never want to be alone I think that there's still a need for some solitude yes skill that needs to be built yeah to be comfortable being in their own comfort company? do you What do you think about that?
1: Yes, thank you for bringing that up because I think as we talk about these needs that children have and how this is a gradual process and we're a community and they're, they're, we're their source of dependence and safety so that everything else can develop, it's important to not go all the way that route. Like It's important to keep a balance and realize that yes, it's a gradual process, we're a source of regulation, we're a source of attachment and safety, but we are that source so that they from there they can develop the skills to actually get to a place of regulation and independence because that is very much a need and it's a skill that they will need for they need for themselves and that we are responsible to to help them develop right so it's a balance it's a balance from understanding and welcoming the needs and helping to understand the meaning of this relationship and our role in in supporting it but also within that understanding making space for them to develop this other skills for independence of regulation and self-discipline and finding a balance within that, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah.
0: well, it makes so much sense. And I think to the, like, I think it can be hard for parents to hear. I know it has been for me to hear that things like we're their source of regulation. They need us. They have this need. I think that sometimes that can kind of, go into our brains and be filtered through. And the the end result comes out that we don't get to have our own needs, that we kind of have to just like lay ourselves on the altar of motherhood or parenthood Mm -hmm. and sacrifice so that those needs can be met. And I really Uh appreciate this attempt to bring some balance into it so that it's, yes, of course they have these needs. They also have these other needs, this uh, human need for solitude, Mm -hmm. a need for support and building important skills. And we're humans too. We get to have needs. We get to have needs for self-care, for respite, for rest, for you know, for, for solitude for ourselves too. And that balance is really tricky.
1: Yeah. Um, but it's, it's so important. It's important. And I think this is a part of where kind of conscious parenting comes in, right? I like to think about conscious parenting, not in terms of what we do with our kids or for our kids or what strategies we're using with our kids, but the conscious part about who we are as parents and what we bring to the relationship being fully conscious about the inner workings of our needs or lack of needs and how those play out into a relationship with our children. Right. And I think that needs peace. And when it comes to developing independence, helping our child develop independence, that conscious part is key. If we are not taking care of our needs, if we're not tuning into our needs, the lack of needs met and really creating that balance for ourselves about self-care or, you know, acknowledging that there's needs that are Mm unmet, it's going to be much harder to not get frustrated when they come to us, to not get frustrated if they want needs met and our needs are not met. But that comes from consciousness and proactiveness within us about our own needs so that when our child comes requesting, please come do this, we have an empty cup, it's going to be really easy to just like lose it. And I'm not saying that, you know, by meeting our needs, it's going to be perfect and we're going to be suddenly joyfully joining every piece (laughs) of, of, of you know, you know, witnessing this new Lego creation all the time, like every two minutes, but, you know, it's a balance and it's that conscious piece, creating that consciousness about our needs that also is, is an important part of, it's more a Montessori term of the prepared adult, right? Yes. All, there's all these things that we need to support them in developing, but if we're not prepared ourselves to do that and, and in our own mindset and spirit is not prepared, it's really, really hard.
0: Yeah, it's about the energy that we go mm-hmm. into those interactions with. If we go in from an energy of resentment, an energy of "I never have time for myself," and now you need something again, it's not going to be satisfying to the child because the child is coming to you with a need that w- can't be met with resentment. It can't be filled with that that energy. And yeah, okay. So tell me more about this prepared adult piece of it.
1: From the <laughs> so well. this prepared adult, and by the way, I think if you one of the things I didn't mention about whole child home is that. It's very heavily inspired by Montessori. I was a Montessori child and I'm a Montessori parent. So it's like a and <laughs> wannabe. But I love this philosophy and this method, not just for education, but because it really taps into the... A holistic view of the child. Maria Montessori did a lot of scientific observation of the growth of the young human and what they needed to simply be happy and joyful and to develop self disciplines and and, and intrinsic motivation to learn, led by themselves, led by independence. It's not just the goal of Montessori, but it is the framework, a framework that is developed from what she observed children needed and wanted. So believe me, your child wants independence. Your child wants to do things by themselves. Your child wants that independent playtime. It is how we get there. That is a tricky part as, as adults and within the home. So Montessori likes to look at things in kind of like a trifecta, the environment, the child and the adult. And the most important piece for this method is really the adult, the prepared adult, how we show up, what mindset do we have? What kind of level of trust we have in our child's abilities? What kind of level of of, uh, understanding and curiosity and presence we have for their needs as well, right? And all of these things are also not just come from Maria Montessori, but we have a lot of research now to kind of guide us into it's just, I, I, every time I, again, I, I'm a research professional, right? And every time I, I read research related to child development and these needs, it's always like, yeah, Maria, no, Maria Montessori knew. It's, this is exactly what she said. And independence <laughs> was one of those things in the prepared adult, right? We have a lot of research now indicating the importance of autonomy, supportive parenting and what it's impactful. But the prepared adult piece, I would say when it comes to play comes from number one, meeting our needs and making sure that we're showing up with at least a half empty cup that we (laughs) we have filled our own needs for independence um that we are aware of our child's developmental stage I think a lot of the trickiness in us being annoyed honestly annoyed with like our kid not being independent comes often from unrealistic expectations about their developmental stage yeah there's a lot of misunderstanding and You know, and and let's pause just to say, you know, when you have a two-year-old, a five-year-old, an eight-year-old, if it's your first child or your only child, this is as old as you've ever seen them. This is as capable as you've ever known them to be. So you want so much for them, right? But it's, it's when we don't have that perspective of truly what's appropriate for their development that we start placing unrealistic expectations. And then that gets us into a tricky, annoying, annoyed mode, right? So for play... Thinking about, you know, our two-year-old having already capable of playing alone for two hours, her quiet time, like that's just simply not realistic, right? Yeah. Now, it doesn't mean that you're going to be fully available for a full session of play just because they came to you. There's a balance, right? But just being aware of the, your expectations and how they're impacting your interaction with your child, that's, that's a big piece.
0: Yeah, I love that. I think it's so important and because I think kids can really feel us. They yeah. can really feel our energy. And because toddlers, young kids, you know, in that like two to five range, I, I know five year olds aren't really toddlers, but these young kids, they are in a place with attachment where if they feel us pulling away, it raises a little bit of separation anxiety. Even if we're still yeah. in the same home, it, it's like an energetic, yeah. psychological pulling away. Mm-hmm. They get a little anxious and then they seek out.
1: Because you're their source of safety, right? Like, this yeah. is an evolutionary thing. Like,
0: Right. And so, I mean, in this, like this pursue withdrawal cycle is prevalent in all significant relationships where Mm -hmm. there's one person who's kind of maybe pulling away emotionally or psychologically. It makes the other person move towards them. That's just what happens. And so if we're coming from this energy of of kind of, I don't want to be doing this, I have more important things to do. That raises some questions in kids. Yeah. What could possibly be more important than me are the dishes more important than me is her phone more important than me i better find out because if that's true like we're in trouble because i know evolutionarily in, in my, the deep genetic code that i have that i'm supposed to be the most important thing you know like this
1: is what kids are yeah.
0: the perspective So maybe my happen. this
1: calm behavior is not working so maybe i need to yell louder or maybe yeah. i need to move faster or maybe i need to or jump on the, you the to the kind shirt. of like mommy
0: mommy 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 yeah mommy, mommy, yeah. Yeah. You know? yeah 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 and so I, I really appreciate the acknowledgement that our mindset is so important. I think our mindset is everything. Mm-hmm. And then I, I also think that there's room for like a place of, okay, so once we have get the mindset on straight, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We've got that. That there are, I, I do think that children know, only know what they know. Right. And so if we've interacted with them in a certain way, if we've kind of taught them that this is how play looks in our home, Mm -hmm. they come to rely on that same input. You know, so um, one of my favorite quotes from Magda Gerber, who was the kind of the mother of the Rye parenting. method. Most people, I feel like if they know about Rye, they know about it from Janet Lansbury. She says, begin as you mean to go on. And oh. most of us, as yeah, when our children were little, began in a way that we didn't actually intend to go on for forever. We mm-hmm. shake the rattle in <laughs> front of their face, we give them light up toys, we do the hard work of play for them.
1: That's so... Mm-hmm.
0: Right? And so then we mm-hmm. come into into toddlerhood and then all of a sudden, like we know that they're supposed to be seeking more autonomy and independence. and so so we expect them to be able to do these things. We
1: expect them, right? Like yeah, that is right. the operating word. Yeah,
0: right. We expect them to be able to do these mm-hmm. things, and we've never really given them them the opportunity. Yeah, to do to build that skill, and that's one of the things that I think the my play challenge is so powerful in doing is it teaches the parent how to to step back yeah and space for the child to start building some of those independent play skills mm-hmm. um while understanding that it's a process
1: yeah which is not just you know this is we have a lot of research on this like those yeah. those elements of autonomy supported parenting and like the ones that you talk about in your in your play guide in, in your play um challenge are those elements of Yes, we are there, but we're also scaffolding difficulty. That way, you know, they can tackle one challenge or one level of challenge at a time. And we're there, but it's that scaffolding that allows that independence and inner motivation to develop. That pause, that important pause of like, we want to jump in, but let's let's not and just see what happens. You're not leaving, but you're there to let them feel the the, the struggle, but also the joy and pride of accomplishments
0: during play when we pause, what do you think we're communicating to our kids? When we, when we pause, I trust
1: trust you. I trust you. Like, and I, I, I need like t-shirts with that of like, I trust trust my child, (laughs) but, but really how, how again with that conscious piece is like, what does it mean for us when we say I trust my child, Mm. but do I? okay, so let's actually ask ourselves right like do i what what are the things that I trust my child with? but it is when we actually start asking ourselves that question that then we actually say, why don't I trust them for them to put mm-hmm. their shoes on why don't I trust them for them to climb that pickler triangle and row why don't I trust them to kind of like slide down the slide and see what happens like as long as safety uh, of you course, know safety first yeah. first right, but you know, do you trust your child? do we trust yeah. them and exactly when we pause, we are communicating i'm here you're safe because I'm giving you space. I wouldn't if you weren't safe. And I trust you to figure this out. Let's see what happens. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Gosh, can you imagine being trusted in that way? Like just even now as an adult being trusted in that way, like, I mean, if you're parenting with a partner, like having them come in and instead of like, you know, maybe criticizing the way you've done something at the home in the home or reminding you to do something to have like your partner come in and just come come in with an energy of I trust you to do this. In the Yeah, way I right mean, family.
1: Yeah. Ooh. And here's Yeah, I want to, you know, and this is something that I think I, <laughs> I've talked about online before. But it's like, if you go to the Gottman Institute, so this is like the Institute and, and this this amazing clinicians that have developed a lot of models and and skills and our entire training for marriage and and partnerships and and relationship building for adults. If you look at all of their markers and and strategies and and model Mm -hmm. and training, we're looking at Things that are foundational of all relationships, including relationships relationships with their child. There's so much that if you go to their site and you translate it to children, you're like, am I actually doing that with my child? Am I pausing? Am I acknowledging? Am I learning from what they bring to this relationship? Am I, do I know who they are? Yeah. Yeah, because also that pause means many times is I want to learn how you do it. I, I want to learn what you that. have in mind. Let let me see. Let me learn. Like
0: yeah.
1: You know? Oh, it's, I love it. Yeah. It's a relationship and pausing helps you develop that value and and learn about the other person too.
0: I also think that play is a really great time to practice that pause. So I yes. most of the time when parents talk about wanting to have the like the pause in parenting, it's during high intense like emotionally intense moments where we're triggered and overwhelmed and we want to be able Mm -hmm. to have that pause and respond consciously you know and respectfully to our kids but that's a skill in and of itself getting that pause tuning into yourself tuning into your child in the midst of that pause is a skill but that's chaos right like that we're talking about it in chaotic
1: chaotic right so play
0: what better way to practice that really important skill than during a delightful play interaction with your child yeah you know, that often doesn't carry the same amount of heaviness. Mm -hmm. Okay, I have a question now. So we are talking about kind of why my child won't play alone. And I think we've covered pretty well, kind of the like developmental and attachment reasons why young children especially need some support during their play from time to time. Are there things though that parents kind of unwittingly and with the best of intentions do to undermine their children's development of independent play skills?
1: So, and again, it's not, it's inadvertent, right? And it's, it totally we, we do a lot like of what Target of tells us to give, you know, we give a lot of what Target suggests we give and, yeah. and, you know, a lot of, and there's a lot too, of content yes. and, you know, if you know me from Instagram or you know Laura, or now you're going to go, your, your feed is going to get filled with a lot of different things you're supposed to be doing, right? So just some context, this is all ha- inadvertent. is and,
0: lis- listening, right?
1: Yes. Yeah. So, and, and you're doing, you are doing your best with what you know. We all are and but i think you know i'm going to go back to the pause because that's one of the things we tend to jump in a lot we want to rescue we want to be with with the pause the reason the pause works is because it keeps us from number 1 interfering when our child when the child has an ability to actually see a challenge through so then we we're, we're, we're keeping from, from them from that opportunity to develop resilience and intrinsic motivation to learn because when they feel a challenge and they get through it that is how that int- intrinsic motivation to Seek more challenges develops when the brain is able to create a pathway of feeling there is a challenge and I can't do it and I did it by myself that feels joyful your body gets filled with dopamine this is a this is a physiological response yes. that the brain learns and once again because the brain wants dopamine and it's gonna do mm-hmm. anything to get it and guess what I, I pre- like seeking it like getting through a challenge yourself it's so much joy, so much pride, so much physiological goodness that they're going to go for it again. But it requires you to step back and not jump in. Right. And again, trust. So that's one of the things. The other thing that I think we inadvertently do is we, when it comes to trust, is that we we take away things that could that we are scared that could harm them or that they may not be ready for. It. That is why I... I said, you know, one of the things that you have to do is really think about what you're offering, the toys, the, the 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 task, and really think about it in steps of difficulty. And instead of being afraid afraid of like, oh, no, I don't think they can actually, you know, climb that pickler triangle. OK, what is the first step to get there? How can we develop that skill and what can we offer to help them develop that skill? Maybe a lower piece of furniture that they can start climbing on <coughs> and then gradually present to that other Pickler yeah. and bigger thing, right? And taking it slow, but it's that really having a perspective of the different steps that it takes to do something, and offering trust to get through them, and offering trust in advancing and giving them more and more challenges that gets you there. And if you're held by fear and lack of trust, um, it is really, really challenging for them to then trust themselves in in, in approaching
0: those challenges. I so agree, and I think it like I think that there's like a flip side to that too. That sometimes we because we want our kids to advance because that's what
1: there, American there's a flip capitalism side yeah. tells
0: us to do. Right. And so we, cause we're, they're always supposed to be better, getting better oh. and improving. And I think that there's room for just questioning that a little bit. And like, isn't it okay for our kids to just be kids and not always improving? Like, mm-hmm. isn't it okay for them just to be, that's, I feel like we could do a whole podcast episode on that. That is a whole alone. thing. Yes. Yeah. But because we have this kind of consumerist, capitalist driven need to get our kids excelling we put Mm -hmm. toys and play objects into their environment that they're actually not developmentally ready for that are that where they those toys outstrip their current skills and so Mm -hmm. what you're talking about scaffolding is finding the leading edge from of what they can do on their own and what they can Mm -hmm. do with support and oftentimes we put play objects in a playroom that are like three steps ahead of that that only leads to frustration because they're not Mm -hmm. ready for it and Mm -hmm. then they need a lot more support and parental presence so just as an example i have um i run a Uh, one of the very few things I get to do in person that paused, you know, for two years for the pandemic, I run an infant play group um, at my local university. Oh, can I come? Oh my my gosh. gosh, It's so much fun. It's so much fun. (laughs) But this year we have babies that are mostly six months and under. And in my play bin, my toy bin, I have a little shape sorter, a little wooden shape sorter Mm -hmm. that is not developmentally appropriate for the six months old, old and younger kids that are there. But it like in, in it's, current state but many of those kids are there's actually there's one kid who is i think seven months and he is into like the putting in and taking out that Hold happens up. posting yeah. thing yeah. Yeah, oh, the, God. yeah right and so i the, with the shape sorter i leave it open so he's not using and have the blocks nearby so that he can mm-hmm. do that and put them in the like the actual like hole that they go into not the like shaped holes i feel like i'm yeah. having a hard time describing this and he can play with that independently in that way. And it's just right on that leading edge. That's where it's in the, the schema that he's in. Yes. It's the perfect place. But if I had the, the kind of the hole that you use to empty out the shapes covered, mm-hmm. he wouldn't be able to use it at all. And it would only be a source of frustration because he's not ready to do the shape matching. And
1: what happens, happens. with frustration? We said we seek our regulating source yes, which exactly. is the, the adults so then then you have them unable to or you know at that point in needing you so then you're like why aren't they playing by themselves so then you're right. curious right you look at the the material and i love that because yeah
0: yeah. I mean, but that's what it is. So if you're seeing all of a sudden, you, you know, you've added a few new things to your child's play environment and they are suddenly needing you a lot more and being mm-hmm. very frustrated, taking a look, are they actually ready for these things? So yeah. we put, you know, they got magnetiles for their second birthday. Are they actually ready for magnetiles? Oh my gosh. Or yes. do they need to be put away for six months and then brought we back out? We need a magnetiles
1: and... podcast because my gosh, there's so much frustration. With <laughs> I
0: know. With those. I mean... They are frustrating if when they fall. Okay. <laughs> or do we need to put the magnetiles in a different context? So like mm-hmm. when my kids were at that age with magnetiles where building things up was really frustrating because they kept falling and they didn't have the ability to to really get the physics of it down because it's definitely <laughs> physics. Yeah. Um we just moved the magnetile bin to in front of our washer and dryer and they just did shapes on the washer and dryer mm-hmm. and used them there. Instead of building up, you know, so I mean, that like those are small adjustments in the play environment that mm-hmm. allow for independent use of really like attractive, fun play objects. Yes, gosh, I feel like I lost my thread. <laughs> sorry, the, Oh, the other thing that I wanted to just highlight that you were saying before on this pause piece that I feel like you kind of alluded to, but we didn't just outright say it, and then I think it's really important to say all right. It. Let's say it. Let's just we're like we're gonna say it. Oh, sorry, my. Um getting a phone call okay declined it <laughs> so with when we don't pause and I think you know because when we are driven by this need to kind of rescue or fix or solve mm-hmm. problems for our children mm-hmm. uh, out of the goodness of our heart out of our it deep, is out of goodness it truly oh, is yeah. out of our we have all been there love for them I, I mean and and just from the like oh my gosh my child is struggling and I can help them of course we want to help you them. yeah of course but when we do We rob them of opportunities to learn. We rob them of that feeling of success, of personal accomplishment, Mm -hmm. that natural, intrinsic joy of having had a goal and reached it. And we rob them of the opportunity to develop problem-solving skills. Um, And because I love examples, and I just got my daughter's permission to share this example with parents, I'm going to share a beautiful illustration of this. If that's okay. I, I think examples are helpful. Yes, so, please. Yes. Yeah, so when my 10-year-old daughter, Ellie, was, oh, she's just turned 10 yesterday when I'm recording this. <laughs> when she was a baby, probably about four months old, she wasn't rolling over yet. She had this favorite little toy, giraffe, that she loved. And I would periodically set up a little place. I mean, not periodically, every day she would spend time on a play mat with a few simple objects placed around her Mm -hmm. in the kind of the Rye method. And that day, Jerry, the giraffe, happened to just be out of reach. And that child, this four-month-old child, spent 40 uninterrupted minutes trying to get to that giraffe. And it would have been so easy and so tempting to just hand it to mm. her or to just nudge it closer. Mm. I did not, I, I video recorded <laughs> snippets of this time. I can't remember you showing
1: a snippet of it at some this, point.
0: That was with a different child. okay. But Jerry was the main motivation for both of my kids in rolling over. Jerry is like a delightfully attractive toy, apparently. But yeah, the, that was a, I do have that a video of my younger daughter, Evie, um, on my Instagram page in the midst of struggling and me not intervening mm. and how and it I, which I get is mess- so hard right like that conscious so piece hard. what does it feel right what does it feel like for us i get messages still about that highlight on a regular basis about like that was so hard to watch and i'm like yes it was hard mm-hmm. in the midst of it too mm-hmm. but it was important anyway so but back to my four month old oldest daughter, she she finally got Jerry. And I have these pictures of her right when she got Jerry into her hands and into her mouth, which was what she wanted to do. And she just had this like delight in her eyes. And I was telling my daughter the story yesterday on her birthday about that. And she goes, Mom, this is my 10-year-old. She goes, Mom, if you had just handed that giraffe to me, <laughs> it would have ruined everything. I wouldn't have gotten the chance to feel so happy that I had done it. I wouldn't have been able to believe in myself that I could do something hard. And it would have taken that away from me. You would have taken that away from me. And mom, you would have taken that away from you. Because you got to be happy seeing me do something that was so hard.
1: And I was like, yes, child, it was the wisdom of children. you Oh know? my god, It's so true. Thank you for sharing that. And I honestly, this is, and some children are so eloquent to kind of bring this up, but believe me, even if your child doesn't have the words yet, that is exactly what they're feeling. Yes, exactly. And
0: think about this 10 year old child reflecting back to me, the gratitude that I trusted her. As an infant, she can't that remember draw. it, you know. But I mean, yeah. it was a very beautiful conversation that I had my yeah. her permission to share, and I, I think it's just so important to remember that that when when we don't pause, we rob. Mm-hmm. We have the opportunity to rob, you know. We're we're choosing our own kind of instant reduction of stress for this over this lo- more long term process that we are engaged in with our ch- children. And I just wanna say like, it's okay to do that from time to time. Yeah. If we're in a state- It's of a balance, right? And we're not yeah. perfect. We're not robots. No, You're not. And, I mean, and there's no guilt at all, but, and, and there can be a conscious choice of like, I know I shouldn't solve this problem for her, but I'm overwhelmed and I'm trying to cook dinner right now. And so I'm just gonna mm-hmm. hand her the dang giraffe because I don't mm-hmm. have time to sit close with her right mm-hmm. now and be fully present with her. So I'm just gonna mm-hmm. hand her the giraffe and I'm aware that that's what I'm doing you know mm-hmm. because right now the frustrated <laughs> tones the struggle is triggering me and i need it yeah. to stop right now so that i can be the calm parent that i need to be to other mm-hmm. family members and 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 that's okay it's okay to it, it's the awareness i think that's so important mm-hmm. you know like the the aware intentional choice of what we're doing i'm acknowledging I'm pausing right now. I'm acknowledging it all. And I understand that I have a two, you know, a multitude of very good options of balancing my needs and the needs of the rest of the family and the needs of this child. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to intentionally choose what I'm going to do with full awareness of the possible, the variety of outcomes, some positive and some negative, because there's always positives and negatives, you know, like
1: that's, that's conscious parenting, right? It, yeah. And it's simply not realistic to give our 100% attention, even if it's to no. consciously possible. It's just not realistic. We are also modeling realistic parenting. That is that what is you're doing. Like too. Sometimes right. cooking your dinner is, takes precedence because that's, that's kind of what we're yeah, doing. So I'm, I'm so. going to just hand you the raft so that I can feed you. And, you know, later today or already earlier today, we had our moment of really yeah. conscious connection or, you know.
0: Yeah. Right. Exactly. And that's like, that's the balance, right? So, you know, when I talk about balanced parenting, and there's so many things that we're balancing all the time, and it's mm-hmm. never like, we're never balanced on the perfect tipping point, right? We're always like making all of these adjustments and figuring Is that messy out. middle, like you'd say. Yes, just yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah.
0: <sighs> okay. So I mean, we, we talked about those kind of those two ways that we can kind of get in the way of our of our kids' independent play. I feel like we've been talking for a long time. I could talk to you forever. Long time. I know, sorry. I, I no, 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 it's so good. I just want to summarize. So kind of not pausing, jumping into rescue. Mm-hmm. Having play objects that are either, you know, too far like that either outstrip their skills or or too easy Mm -hmm. that aren't kind of in that like like that it's Vygotsky who developed scaffolding he calls it the zone of proximal development yes in that zone of kind of what they can do on their own and what they can do with support
1: that aren't in that kind of that and that we like you're we're rolling those moments. I'm sorry. It's to protect concentration. So when you see that, you're not only helping the the, the brain develop those pathways for intrinsic motivation and problem solving and and, yes. and efficacy and, and resilience. Is you're protecting concentration, and yes. that concentration is going to expand and expand and expand. The more you offer respect and and. Yeah,
0: I think that that's leads perfectly into another thing that parents with the best of intentions and totally inadvertently do to undermine the, their children's independent play. I think we interrupt their play a lot. Oh, yeah. Right? And we interrupt their play. I feel like mostly with either like our own agenda like, Mm -hmm. because it's time to go to school or it's time, you know, to eat dinner. Mm -hmm. And of course, we've got to go to school and eat dinner, but we could observe for a little while and wait for the moment when their attention lifts from their activity to our face and then insert our kind of our agenda. And the other one that we we interrupt with praise. I think we interrupt with feedback and judgment Mm -hmm. because praise is a form of judgment. Mm -hmm. Um, Anytime we label...
1: Anything we're judging mm-hmm. it, um, and then what happens is we were like the example of like, do you see this? Did you see? Did you like mm-hmm. it? Did you, yeah. mom? Did you come see this? Why? Why? Because, and I'm not saying this. This is the only reason, right? Because right now I have a four year old that just does that with everything. It's just, yeah,
0: they, they want <sighs> us to so see toujours. every it's little so thing touchy- that saying. they do. Yeah, <laughs>
1: right, right. <laughs> yeah. And I have a lot of, you know, we have years of practice of me not offering so much praise, right? But it d- it does happen sometimes that when we layer this interactions with praise, that becomes the expectation from them. So if we're far away from them and they're accomplishing all this stuff and they're not receiving that interruption with praise, they're going to interrupt themselves to go seek that.
0: Yeah, right. And that all interrupts the process of Mm -hmm. building concentration, building their their focus and attention skills, those executive functioning skills that they need to do well in school later in life, you Mm -hmm. know? Uh, absolutely. Okay. So I feel like those are three big things that if we can spend a little bit of focus time focusing in on um, that we might see some more independent play emerging. Um, Yeah.
1: I think, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I was
0: just going to say, I think one other thing that we can do, when it comes to if we want to see a little bit more independent play happening in our homes is meeting that att- like that need for attachment, that attachment need for togetherness, for uh-huh. closeness, proactively mm-hmm. filling that child's cup, their connection cup proactively will allow them to be, you know, to seek a little bit more independence and play yeah. as opposed to kind of filling it on an as needed basis when they come to you I'm um, uh-huh. kind of getting ahead and filling that cup. I think that's yeah, another thing that can help. Uh, what were you gonna say, Blanca? I and no,
1: hear. but about that, I think it's 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 so crucial, right? Because we're talking about cups filled and needs met, and when they're all met, they're going to be seeking those, mm-hmm. and we can be proactive about thinking about who who has what needs and how we can work as in within the relationship to meet them, so that then we can move on with our own. You know yeah. interactions, but but I think, and it's not a magic. It, the 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 thing with filling their cup with connection outside of the, the the or goals for independent play. It's also not a magic bullet, right? Like it's it not it's not, not it. it's not a magic wand that you're gonna move. Like I offered connection, so now like they can play independently now. It's, it it's not work. a means to an end. Yeah,
0: it's not, yes. we it's do not to-
1: a means to an end, right? Yes. Like you're yeah. not. Yeah, but it does. I think you're 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 talking about how important it is because it's when we do that we are filling that cup and when that moment of connection if you make it into a consistent predictable time of undivided attention when you are interacting with intention then that that moment is like okay well right now i'm being told that mama is not available because she's doing other work and right now it's quiet time she's not available but I know that after quiet time we have something planned or I know that when she picks me up from school we always go to the park or I know I know she can't but in the morning I already have my cup kind of semi sort of full and I remember that we read a book this morning and that every morning she gives me that time so that I have that that's ours so it's not magic and it doesn't solve all of those independent needs but to have that predictable consistent time is so important just for it is toward that relationship. I mean,
0: hu- human beings are creatures of habit and rhythms yeah. feel really soothing. And so having those cup-filling moments built into the fabric of your day, I mean mm-hmm. rhythms and rituals. I know you are a Montessori person. We my girls are in a Waldorf school and I think that their I think that their use of rhythms and rituals has really been transformative when we I've taken that Focus and applied it to my own home. Having that built just into the fabric of their days really helps them be more independent. So, like, we've been talking for an hour now, and my (laughs) seven year old's been, who's sick, has been playing with Legos at that whole time. I think she's listening to an audiobook too, but she might have paused that. I think she got herself a snack. But before this, I spent uninterrupted time about mm-hmm. half an hour you feel just that with her listening to her narrate her lego play mm-hmm. you know and i will go do so again afterwards and i we have a plan you know yeah. for what we're gonna do after and i think that that's i mean that's what it looks like in practice mm-hmm. you know so we can get this time for ourselves
1: and, and we didn't talk about, it's tricky because we kind of brushed on it and people probably have questions, but it's like an entire other episode, right? Like the boundaries, because mm-hmm. we are not always available. We cannot always jump in. We cannot always be like a, a, a welcoming blanket of safety within the way they would like all the time, yeah. right? And there are boundaries and there are times <laughs> when you're going to say, I'm on a, I'm doing a podcast, I'm not available. I'm going to get there, whatever. But even those boundaries have to work within the context of having filled or at least having a conscious awareness yeah. of, of what everybody's needs are so that you can either work on meeting them after or have a rhythm of meeting those connection needs yeah in service of keeping those boundaries that goes hand in hand
0: it totally does and and collaboration is a key aspect of that so when mm-hmm. i let my daughter know that we were i needed to have this podcast interview We made a plan we worked together what would be helpful you know what would help you you know feel comfortable while you know while i'm on this podcast what do you need you know so that you are taken care of while i'm on this podcast you know we we collaborated and problem solved together in order to to have everybody's needs be met i mean and that's you know once you're out of the like three-year-old stage Collaborative problem solving really is all that respectful parenting is. That's really all it is. Yeah. Oh man, gosh, we could have a whole nother
1: podcast. I hope. Well, thank you. if You made it all the way here.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I hope you'll come back and maybe we can talk about some of those things, like how to set set boundaries with our kids when um, we have our own needs, our own needs for space and time. I think it would be a good conversation. Okay. Blanca, thank you. Thank you for sharing your wisdom about play with us. Um, I want to make sure everybody can go and find you and follow your beautiful account. Do you want to kind of tell us where you are and I'll make sure to put it in the show notes.
1: Oh, thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure. And thank you to all of you made it all the way here and listen to, to <laughs> us. And yes, there's so much more that we could talk about. So do touch base, DM me, DM Laura, and, and tell us kind of what you thought. You can find me on Instagram at Whole So it's whole.child.home and wholechildhome.com online. You could also send me an email and and check out kind of what I have to offer. But if DM me, let me know kind of what you thought, what questions you have, and then I would love to touch base with Laura again so that we can help answer them. So thank you.
0: Yeah. Thank you so much, Blanca. I hope that you go off and have a beautiful rest of your day. Thank you. You too. Okay. So thanks for listening today. Um, Remember to subscribe to the podcast. And if it was helpful, leave me a review. That really helps others find the podcast and join us in this really important work of um, creating a parenthood that we don't have to escape from and creating a childhood for our kids that they don't have to recover from. And if you're listening, grab a screenshot and tag me on Instagram so that I can give you a shout out. Um, and definitely go follow me on Instagram. I'm at Laura Froyan PhD. Um, that's where you can get a behind the scenes look at what balanced conscious parenting looks like in action with my family and plus I share a lot of other really great resources there too.